Welcome to the Share Chair Podcast, where we tell each other stories and learn from listening. Mrs. Boychuk, Mrs. Keller, Melissa Keller, Brooke Boychuk, welcome to the Share Chair Podcast. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's awesome. I am excited to talk to you because, for several reasons, but we're just going to jump right into it right now and say so many students, so many classes have been hanging out outside more taking walks, even running lessons outside, myself included. And it's given us more exposure to more students. And this includes your students. Right. So I let's just start there. Your, who are your students? What is the classroom that you run? And, um, and then, yeah, let's, and then let's see where the conversation takes us from there. Um, our students are super awesome. <laughs> they um, have a disability, autism uh, spectrum disorder, and we focus a lot on career and vocational life skills based skills, and we infuse academics. So our students are learning functional life skills, they're learning social communication, they're learning um, grade level adapted academics as well. Um, they are excited to be part of the Spring Lake community because we're a new class as of last year. So um, they're excited to be here at the high school. And they're super awesome and fun and um, definitely lots to make have a us good laugh. Time. Yes, we yeah. love to have a good time. <laughs> yeah. The yes. students do. Yeah, yes. yeah, of yes. course. So uh, each student is on the autism spectrum. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Okay. So my understanding, and I've only been in the district 14 years now. Um, the high school program specifically geared towards students with autism is new. Okay. It doesn't mean that we haven't had students with autism throughout the years. We used to have a program uh, with wonderful Sandy Baker. Yes. And yeah. she would often have, and I believe Mrs. Um, a different Mrs. Keller came oh, yeah, in yeah. for a while. Okay. Um, and I believe that they also had students who may have been on the autism spectrum. Okay. But it wasn't geared specifically for students who were solely on the spectrum. Okay. And so it goes back as far as district-wide. We've had programs from preschool all the way up. Yeah. But we didn't have specifically geared classrooms for just that situation, except up through the preschool program until about seven years ago. Then they expanded it to kindergarten, first grade. Yeah. And then there was this huge gap, and now they've expanded it almost completely from pre-K through 12th grade. And okay. so our program is new when it's specialized into that specific category. Okay. But it doesn't mean that we haven't always had students with different needs within our building. They just weren't given a specific location. Gotcha. And so in my, in my own vision, in my own we're seeing more of each other. Yes. Uh, the, the, the teachers are, all the students are. Which is the goal. Yeah. <laughs> Which Integration. Is the goal. Yeah. Okay, so let's, yeah, let's get into it. Like, the students um, often, well, you, you gotta help me through this. The students, the, in, if integration is the goal, it means that it's not happening. Is that right? Or, or in what ways does integration happen? In what ways would you 
like to see it more. Sure. <laughs> so I think this year is unique as well because we're not, we are partially community-based as, as part of the program where we would learn skills in the classroom, we would generalize them out in the community. So last year we spent probably three half days out into mm -hmm. the community practicing job skills, practicing functional life skills. So we were in and out of the building a lot last year. With businesses in town. Yes. That's yes. amazing. Yes. And, um, Orchard, Lake, Market. Orchard Market. Spring Lake Country Club, Little Lakers. Um, so some students would ride Harbor Transit independently. They would go to work. We would take our van and go check in and things like that. Wow. We had other students that needed more assistance. So we would go and kind of job shadow with them and, um, and work at the different locations and then we'd also go to various places in the community and practice shopping from a grocery list or utilizing the library and things like that going to restaurants ordering Incredible. food independently so i think like you're seeing us more now because we're very limited on that <laughs> yeah. instruction um yeah uh, because of this unique school year so you're seeing us more in the building there but we um we're you know our students are in elective classes with other students and then um, so we place them in classes to the to match their abilities and things that they can be supported in class-wise. So yes we have restrictions because of our circumstances in the sure. world right now yeah but there's also some benefits that are coming because yeah. there is a lot more um, awareness of our kids yeah and hopefully through that awareness also acceptance. Students are in your class? We have um, five. Five students mm -hmm. and um, it's a full-time job <laughs> with five students, right? So um, what are some things, I guess, like um, if, I'm out, if I'm out with my class of, of 25 or something like that, and we see your class of five, uh, who I like so much, but is there something to be done to sort of make connections more fluidly? Is there, is there a way, like, so you so occasionally maybe a student makes a noise or something. One of your students makes a noise or something, and it because it is unique to my to my students in my gen ed class. They're not used to it. Mm -hmm. It feels immediately odd or it's concerning or concerning yeah. or I don't know or mm -hmm. or 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 more negatively weird. Yeah. So you have to put into perspective that. You also have two adult staff members with students at all the time, all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we try to be aware so that we're not interrupting the natural yeah. flow of saying hi or something like that, just because we don't want to reduce the likelihood of a general ed student approaching or saying hi. So it's a difficult balance because it's, you know, like we need to be there to supervise and things like that, but we don't want to interrupt that natural connection or that natural flow. You're not as inclined to have a conversation with your friends if I'm sitting at the table with you. We try to be cool, but you know, we're not. <laughs> we're not. We all that. You know? we're, we're just not. Um, but I think, I think the biggest thing is just saying hi. I mean, I think okay. that's the first step. First um, step. You know, we will walk around the building a lot now and, and students will say hi. And, if our students don't remember that person's name or things like that, we'll just prompt them to say, you know, you know, a lot of times the student will say the wrong name. And we'll say, and that student will even correct and say, no, my name is so-and-so, and then move on. And that's perfect. You know, I think that's the first step is just saying, hey, what's up? And our students are working on social communication. So that is a teaching opportunity right there on the spot. It's natural. It happens. 
as far as your classes are concerned, as staff members, we're concerned about <laughs> the volume and things like that because our students do script and they'll, you know, they'll repeat certain um, phrases or And I think that's sort of what you were like. asking about for the students in the um, other classrooms to understand what are they hearing and seeing yeah. or why are they hearing and seeing it. Our students will script and it becomes sort of like a comfort. It's okay. a familiarity. They're not always aware of it. We will often try to ask, are you speaking to us or are you scripting? And some students can verbalize that and some cannot. Okay, and so that term, sorry to interrupt. No, so that term needs clarification for me. I, I okay. Clearly that's a term uh, it, it that is. I don't know. To, Do so to script, what is scripting? It's, um, you know, like taking a phrase or a tagline from a, a show or a cartoon or a book or something like that and then just saying it out loud. Okay. And it doesn't necessarily have context to our conversation at all. And sometimes it miraculously does, and we're like, oh, that fits <laughs> that into that, but not all the time. But, um, but, you know, it's just that repetitiveness. And depending on the student's um, mood, it might be a little bit louder, or, or the volume might come out differently. Um, okay. Not every student on the spectrum has um, that type of interaction and things like that. Um, and scripting is one way of, I think what people are typically familiar with is um, hand flapping for a student oh. who might be on the spectrum, um, rocking back and forth, things like that. Those are all ways of what they refer to as stimming, okay. and it's the same idea. Somebody's way of stimming might be scripting, and really it all just comes back to kind of letting that energy out when they're overwhelmed or when they're just not familiar with the situation. And um, like I said, they don't always know that they're doing it. They're not aware of it. It's just kind of an automatic motion. Like somebody might have, you know, and this is not the same thing, but when you have a twitch and you don't realize that it's happening, they're not that conscientious of it at all times. Not all students, some are. And so some students, when they're scripting, we can ask them. Or somebody else, we can say, you know, how are you feeling? Because that might be a sign that they're feeling agitated or overwhelmed by an environment. Um, yeah, and I think that we also try very hard to help our students recognize, which goes back to our social awareness, what is going on with other people. For example, when we were outside just a little while ago, yeah. reading as many classes were, but you were conducting class we didn't want to be too loud with our wheelie chairs because that can be rather distracting on the sidewalk and we're like let's walk on the dirt so that it's not as loud and some of our students picked up on that and why and some of our students were not picking okay. up the reason why okay and so we're trying to give them that awareness like let's pay attention oh there's somebody over here this could be bothersome or disruptive let's try and avoid it what can we do so it's always a learning lesson and opportunity okay um of just trying to let the students be aware of people outside of their realm. Because yeah. we're a part of a community mm -hmm. and yeah. we're respectful to each other within the community. You touched on the peer recreation program. Mm -hmm. Like, what is that and so, how do you get like invited to do that? Because I know Macy Carey mm -hmm. said she was in it and that was really cool. So. so the peer recreation class was something we came up um, at the end of last year with the help of Mr. Gilchrist. And, um, other, other schools around us have more formal programs called LINCS, and we're in the process of trying to develop something more formal like that. But this was a way that we could invite general ed students into the class and um, interact with our students and set up specific recreation activities that promote social communication. So 
um, we've been working on tennis more recently and things like that, out walking the track or um, just modified recreational activities that the students could do here, but they could also do at home. And um, so far it's been great. I mean, we've really, we, we went fishing at a local pond we could walk to um, and just done fun things like that. So it's a brand new class. So Macy is our first student. Um, you couldn't get a much better student. We adore her. I mean, <laughs> she's fabulous with all of the students. I mean, she's so great. She, yeah, incredible. So um, we're always looking to add more students. Would it be in an ideal situation? Would you be like one on one oh my in that, that class? Would be wonderful. For sure. Well, I mean, we're we're still, we're kind of building it while we're flying. Okay. Building an airplane while we're flying. <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's helped a lot because I mean even. Just having the one student in the class so far has unlocked so many things because, you know, she'll be with us outside and see other peers and then they start to say hi and it's almost like a chain reaction of interactions together. So, yeah, that's cool. We're we're and and I'm happy to really focus on um, really on mostly the positive, but I I can only assume some of these students deal with some negative sort of comments or negative uh, vibes at least or could you describe um, maybe some of those behaviors so that maybe people who are listening could be like more aware of them and then also maybe then the more appropriate sort of way to express them so to for people to express themselves or something does that make sense I, if you're willing to talk about it, of course. Like, what are, yeah. I, I feel like I've probably experienced a few more because I go to lunch with our students. Oh, okay. We end up having a much larger gen ed population in that environment. And we have um, a few different situations where some students, um, I always like to think it's just from a lack of awareness and not anything malicious, but the behaviors have been unkind through laughter, just unkind responses to our students' struggles. So what I try to do is approach them and explain, I understand that this is unusual, this might make you uncomfortable, by all means you have the right to leave this area and find someplace else to sit down. Sure. You can come and find me if you think that there's a problem that I need to address, but sometimes our students are just having a difficult time and it might look strange to you and, and that, so if that, you that just difficult time that difficult time would be like so then they're scripting in that or they might be slightly louder they, they might be more anxious and so they're sounding more aggressive okay um they might get sort of stuck on a situation that didn't go well for them sometime during the day and they'll continue to um want to discuss it and want to keep repeating what is frustrating them and they don't realize that everybody else wasn't necessarily a part of the conversation that didn't go well or the situation that went awry. And so they'll still want to communicate that frustration to whoever might be willing to listen um, and not necessarily recognize that people aren't listening to that. Does that make yeah. sense? But I also think there has been, you know, growth in some ways. For sure. Because Absolutely. I feel like lunch, for example, at the beginning of last year, I mean, that was a tough time for us because we're a classroom of five students and we go down to this larger environment. And then on Fridays, which is awesome, they play music and things like that. 
So just challenges where um, the coaches want to make an announcement and, and they then blow do a whistle. loud whistle, and we have a friend who, who has died. high sensitivity to that sort of noise, and it creates panic. And it was the beginning of last year. It was just like we were acclimating to the high school environment and the things that everybody else doesn't even think about, right? Wow. So they don't even think Incredible. about no, awesome difference. music on Friday afternoons and how cool that makes our school. But also, like, how can we prepare our students to overcome those challenges without having them struggle and make themselves an audience of now a whole entire cafeteria? And I think, like, every lunch shift was different because when the trimester would change, the group of students would change. And you would think that it wouldn't be that big of a deal. It's a big deal. You could feel it. Like, you could just feel the different groups and the different dynamics of students. And would, acceptance. Would respond and patience, yeah. Just where you were sitting or where you're sitting remains the same. We just the, the people. Same. We are. We the same. It's we the people the same. around. Yes. The people and around you. My goal is always to maintain dignity of our students. They right. deserve to be respected mm -hmm. like any other person within the school. And trying to allow that to stay when they're exposing their most vulnerable moments is a very difficult task at times. And anywhere in the community, you have people who are just all about it and supportive. And people who, like I said, I tend to just believe out of a lack of information and understanding tend to respond in a slightly more negative way. I'm curious, especially after hearing that, if do you think, is there a way, is there a responsibility to go the other way? So instead of like, well, our students then, what I heard you say was our students then have to become more visible and with some of their social interaction challenges, it's just hard. Is the is there a way that it actually just goes the other way, that the community comes to them? Does that make it just far easier? And There's are the, there ways that that, like, is that happening within the program? Or, or how could, as a school district, we be better at that? I think that was the motivation with our peer recreation class. Okay. Um, and I think really our conversation was we're limited on extracurricular, not extracurricular, um, electives. electives, excuse okay. me. We're limited on electives that are available and appropriate for our students. Okay. So maybe we have to be the ones to create something that would be what they need and what we aren't finding available right now. And we had a really great um, third try last year with um, Jerry Rabideau and cross training. And he had a smaller class, it just ended up being that way. And the students were so accepting and so collaborative. And so um, they were willing to put themselves out there and try things with our students. And that was, I think, part of the springboard of the peer rec class was this really works. Like, look how awesome this is. Our kids were playing pickleball. They were awesome. in a pickleball tournament. They were playing <laughs> kickball. They were, playing, and they were cheering for each other. High-fiving like, all of our students as they walked around. That's yeah. what we were, that's what our ultimate goal is. And that's what we thought the peer rec class would be that bridge to that, to start to open those doors more for students who may be reluctant or they don't necessarily need a PE class or something There's like that. There's a commonality of recreation. The right. kids like, you know, sports, physical activity, games, we play Uno, we yeah. play Jenga, we, you know, just things that were common for all kids to bring them together and uh, build yeah. that rapport. Yeah. 
as you continue to think about the program, I mean, I hear, I hear you saying the peer rec program, but as you continue developing the class and it, sort of its work in the school, what are some other maybe goals or ideals that you're shooting for or thinking about? I'm always shooting for more education. Okay. It's not an exact science. There isn't one student who's like, this is what autism looks right. like. Right, And so it's not this presentation that you can say, all right, so these are the things you'll see, and this is how we address them, and this is what we do. It's human dynamics, and every one of us is different, and every one of us has been really, really exposed to acceptance more now than ever, in my opinion, societally. Uh And there's another portion of our community within our building that deserves and needs just as much acceptance and awareness as anybody else with any of the other special things that they bring to the table. And I think education and acceptance with that education um, taking away the stigma of the uncertainty and um, lack of familiarity is a huge thing. And how we go about that is a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> and our first step was to not be at the far end of the building. Let's be here. Great. It might be inconvenient to some. It might be a little louder um, to be outside with everybody else, to go to lunch with the general population of students, all of these things just to try and build more and more familiarity, acceptance, um, support. I also think that being part of the community is fantastic in the sense that like we were at the pep rallies, we were, we did a mini lesson on voting for homecoming king and queen, we watched it live, you know. If the school is doing it, we are doing it to the best of our ability. We'll mm-hmm. pre-teach the concepts before we go. We'll have, you know, an understanding of what we think is going to happen. You know, um, belly flop contest. What huge <laughs> success in our class. Success, Good. But, you know, that was the first time I had ever experienced that as an educator. <laughs> so, you know, working kind of through those things, but we are participating within the community, just maybe at a different pace or at Intra- a different yeah. angle, yes. perhaps. Yes. We'll end with this. This is our, we end every episode asking if you have a piece of advice, and it can be about your classes, but it can be about just anything, a piece of advice for people who are listening. What would you say um, is a piece of advice you'd like to share with the listeners? I think my big thing would be kindness needs to expand in all directions. Tolerance, acceptance, all directions whether we agree or disagree is neither here nor there. It's how we approach and treat each other independently of everything else in our agenda. And I would say don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone and um, interact or do something that you typically wouldn't do that's helpful to somebody else or showing kindness um, because that'll spread. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, you too. I really appreciate it. That's Thanks great. Thanks for having yeah. us. Yeah, and uh, I can't wait to share this perspective because although I know these things, I know these things, and I, but it's so, I need to just keep hearing them. It's such a weird thing. Like, I know to interact with your students. I do, but I just need 
refreshers and be like, hey, the more the better, the more the better. And well, and I think what you're saying good. comes from such a deep, good place. Yeah. And that's why you hesitate. You don't want to mess up because you yeah. want only the best. And yeah. we we appreciate that beyond anything else. The people's intentions to do whatever will be the best for our students yeah. is huge. It's huge. And so a little bit of grace and forgiveness <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and I, I also it, think, it's okay. You know, this year's been challenging in many ways, but a lot yeah. of the typical activities that we have done historically, we're not able to do. So, you know, last year we did cooking lessons and stuff like that, and we would hand out um, treats to staff and things, and when we had extras, we're just kind of limited on that. So yeah. I think that's been a change for us in trying to navigate how can we still interact with people, you know, on different levels in a different way than we did last yeah. year. I think this is a whole new year of different oh. skills to yeah, promote. Yeah, different skills, yeah. You know, we're going to promote different things this year than what we were able to do last year. And that's okay. Cool. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shared Chair Podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode.